Good morning. No, this morning we get the great privilege of sharing with you guys. So we're, we're sharing this morning about discipleship, funnily enough. Um, so this morning, Mark asked us to share a bit of what we've been doing. So we've been the interns of, the, of Catalyst this year uh, for different reasons, uh, which we'll share in a moment. But what we are sharing is a bit of what we believe is discipleship to us. Um, we may not have all the answers, we may not be doing it the correct way, but it's a way that's been working for us and a way that I've found really glorifies God and really sets us up for ministry and what we do as mates, as friends and as, as, fellow, as leaders becoming the next generation. Uh, so I went through Facebook to find early pictures. I found this one of Sammy. Didn't warn me about this. <laughs> Now, I have to put a disclaimer on this because I was having an argument with Brad about cropping out that lovely lady in the photo. Now, there is nothing happening at all. This is Peter and Soretta's niece, am I correct? Yes. So this was about a couple of years ago. I think we had a youth event. So there's nothing. Just in case anybody's mind wandering, who's going to ask me, who is that girl? There is no, just friends. I'm not saying that. You walked into that one. I'm single, full stop. <laughs> Nothing after that. <laughs> Continue, Brad. <laughs> that was good. We'll put you on the spot. Thanks, All right. Yeah. No, so, a lot of that. so we have been interning under Mark and, and Catalyst for this year. Um, so my journey first began when I turned 16. Um, through some cases, I ended up in a very bad place and then some friends of mine took me to youth group. And from there, it's been an ongoing, growing journey with Christ and learning and loving Him. Um, so that was at Beaky Baptist. It was also at Beaky where I first met Sam at, in youth group. He was sort of the younger generation youth group. I was the older one. Um, while there, I went through as a youth. And then once I got older, I started leading and helping out as well. Um, and then sort of when the day came that Mark came across the Beaky and the shed, that Catalyst was going to start. He started a new church plant. Basically just jumped straight on board and came across. Uh, and so been helping out on the sound and in different leadership and still with the youth, really had a passion for youth. Uh, kept, kept going with that leadership. Leadership was something that's really been built into my heart, um, something that gets me going, something I've just really focused on, um, which is why after a certain amount of years of just working God finally put it on my heart and gave me the opportunity by taking away my work to send me off to Bible college. And so for the last three, four years, I don't know, I've lost track now of being at Bible college. It's just turned that way. It's the story of every student, I think. They just, once you start, you just can't get enough. So you end up with more questions than answers. So you just keep growing with God and seeing where he leads you, what he wants you to do. Um, and then, yeah, part of that was being able to do a placement and that placement was my internship at Catalyst. And so I've been able to use what I've been doing at Catalyst with the leadership, with the youth, with set up. I've been able to apply that and use that as my placement for school. So that's a bit of where I've been on at the moment. Sam, if you want to... Did you want to tell them what you've been doing as part of your internship? Not as much as you. It's, Brad's been plastering the Liberty Centre for the last six months. So he's been doing... What have you been writing on your sheet where they ask you, like, what have you been doing for ministry? Like, how do you make plastering spiritual? 
Well, funnily enough, I just take what the pastor's role is. That's catch up and drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I put it down Where's to. Where's Matt? He's got <laughs> right there. <laughs> no, so, so for the first half of the year, I, was, I did a lot of the um, renovation with Mark at the Liberty Centre, putting in this false ceiling, um, doing all the plastering and that sort of thing. So I just put it down as team building, you sort of on the, on the ground using your hands, um, Really, at Bible college, they let you get away with anything. You mentioned Jesus. That's the answer, Jesus. Young kids, take notes. Youth, do Bible college. They don't make you do anything. Um, just mention Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Do everything. Well, Jesus is God. All right, God guys, hang Jesus. on, hang on. Before we get into a theological discussion here. Settle We're not starting right? this again. It's about um, my turn to share, isn't it? Yes, you've said everything you need to. Beautiful. Um, yeah, so as Brad said, Brad and I first met at Beaconsfield Baptist. I love these chairs. I can spin around and face this. Sorry, Lorraine. I've already picked up on that. I'm trying to not swirl. So I first met Brad at Beaconsfield Baptist, and I remember the day I met him. We were playing basketball with the senior youth in the car park, and he was wearing a lemon sh- a shirt that said oh, something lemonade. about lemon. That was a great shirt. Lemonade bright shirt. yellow. It was pretty cool. It was a lemon with like a hospital bandage on, on, on it and lemonade. It was pretty cool. I thought it was Bright funny. yellow. So that's my first memory of Brad. Um, I thought he was pretty cool. I mean, he's this big guy that wears snapbacks and has some tats. So I'm like, yeah, they're pretty cool, usually. T- usually. Um, and seeing them in church, I mean, that's not a regular thing. So, I mean, automatically, the first time I met Brad, I knew he was someone different. So, um, don't laugh. It's in a good way. Um, so, my journey's been very different to Brad's. Um, as you can probably tell, Brad and I are quite different people. Um, but I think where he's had um, struggles and experiences with his, um, I guess, fam- very different family situation, I've been able to, I guess, look at that and go, wow, um, and really learn off him and glean off him. I've, I've absolutely loved um, just seeing Brad um, soldier on through life because he's not had an easy journey. Um, I have grown up, obviously, in a very loving family. Um, most of you know my mum and dad. They're pretty cool. Um, and, yeah, my younger sisters aren't too bad either and Asha isn't too bad either. Hi, Rachel. Um, and Hannah. Um, oh, was there something else I was going to say there about you? No, I don't think so. It's all right. You've um, said I like, a lot. Sorry? You're going to make me cry soon. I'm going to make you cry. Um, does anyone, if anyone wants tissues, I don't know where they are. No, I usually cry when I speak, so I'm going to try very hard not to. But anyway, um, yeah, I think the journey in terms of discipleship for me has been there's been a lot of people in my life who've sort of just added their little bits. I haven't had one consistent mentor all the way through, um, but I've been very blessed to have lots of different um, people. So um, obviously my father being the primary example, um, he's been the consistent one that's been there for me all the time. But there's been other men in my life, um, other older older youth that have have been consistently sowing into my life um, and it's been amazing just to see the way that God has pulled that together. So I guess what we want to share this morning is just a little bit about um, the biblical, some biblical examples of discipleship um, and then we want to talk a bit about, I guess, how that relates to um, life in the 21st century and, and what we're supposed to do about it as, as people um, living in the kingdom of God today because it's an integral part of building and I think that's... Um, 
that's what Brad's going to go on and share now. Um, I'm so glad that you're the preacher. <laughs> I'm not the preacher. You're up here as well. <laughs> no, it's um, yeah, like you said, we are so different. Um, I'm very much on the ground, hands-on, serving. Sam loves being up the front and centre of attention, which we keep making him. <laughs> so, yeah, no so that's, that's a bit of why um, we've been journeying together. Um, sometimes we get frustrated with each other. Like last night, youth were putting a bit of this together and we're just talking about who's going to be speaking more and I think we know who, um, <laughs> which is great. It's good. It's good. He has lots to share. So obviously we want to start off with the verse we all know. It comes from Matthew 28. Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And no, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So this is a verse we all well know, and it's a verse that I've always studied, I've always really applied it in my own life with whatever I do. Uh, it's one that gives me a lot of power, a lot of direction in what I'm doing. So when things are dark, when things aren't going my way, I always go back to this and just know that God's with us and he has a plan for us and that I, all I do is I just go, I just follow my feet and I just walk after him. Um, that's a bit what this means to me. Um, do you want to share about this? I think I already did. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I'll let you do the, you go on. Oh, the red came up. It's not on here. Uh, so discipleship, I believe, is a lot more than just one-on-one mentoring. That's an element. But there's also an element of expansion. And all of this comes from having an authority as a son of God, as a daughter of God that he is our king and that we are out there sharing the kingdom, the good news, loving on people. And that all comes from this base of being a son and daughter of God. It's where we can get our power, our authority, our wisdom and words of knowledge. Uh, So from that and from looking through the Bible and the different examples that there are, the main one that stands out is Paul and and the disciples that he had the disciples that he took along on his journeys. But he didn't always have them. He also did his own thing and just following after what he believed Christ wanted him to do. Um, so the first one's expansion. So Paul went out and he he just spread the good news throughout the nation. He just went out and expanded the kingdom. And I believe that's the first element is whatever we do as part of discipleship is just to go out there and expand the kingdom, sharing with people, loving on people wherever we're at, at work, at home. Uh, The second one, edification. So, again, that's just loving on people, just encouraging wherever they're at. And then finally is the big one, is legacy. What are we leaving behind? What what is it that we want to leave behind for this next generation to take up the mantle and continue on the work of Christ? Uh, So looking at the Old Testament first, Jonathan and David, this is a mateship that I've always loved and I always love reading. Um, there's so much in it and I believe God didn't just put it in there just to show that there's another, um, just friendship and just another example of God's love for people. So I just want to read this to you first. Um, 
which just really talks about that foundational element of being friends with discipleship. Being friends is so crucial. You need to have respect for each other. You got to grow and learn with each other and just be mates. So David, the man of God, chosen as Israel's second king, had that kind of friendship with Jonathan, the son of King Saul, who David would one day replace on the throne. After God told the prophet Samuel to anoint David as Saul's successor, the jealousy King Saul made out of jealousy, King Saul made several attempts on David's life. Jonathan, however, stood up for his friend, warning and encouraging him whenever his father sought to harm David. As Saul's elder son, Jonathan would normally have ascended the throne upon his father's death, which makes his support of David all the more remarkable. So Jonathan loved David as he loved himself, and as his close friend, he knew David's character and his heavenly calling. He sacrificed himself for his friend David, even though doing so cost him everything. So that, that, that passage that I read one day and came back to me as we were preparing for this really stood out to me that that is such a crucial element and it's something that we sort of look over in the, in the Old Testament, that we look at David's life, we look at everything he became. But if you go back to the beginning, it was all because of Jonathan and the sacrifice Jonathan made to protect him because he knew that God's plan was bigger and better than he could ever imagine, more than his own ascension through the throne. Um, and so it's one that I've really taken to heart. And so when I get alongside people, I really want to get to know them. I just want to be friends with them. And then that way I can really get to see their character and whether God has put a calling on that and into mentoring and into discipling. And if not, then I just get to be alongside them, just to edify them, just to grow with them and just love on them. Uh, the other Old Testament that we found was Elijah and Elisha. So Sam, you want to share on that one? Yes, yeah, wait. So... I really loved um, coming across Elijah and Elisha, the example. And this is very um, dif- different to Jonathan and David. Obviously, this is a much more um, specific example to ministry. And I guess raising up the younger generation um, to fulfill the roles um, that will be obviously vacated by those in the older generation, as I like to say. Not old people, the older generation. Um, now, I have absolutely no doubt um, that within the, this church there is some pretty cool young people um, here that have some amazing um, anointings from God upon their life. Um, and throughout the Bible there is, there is many examples of young people being mentored by um, older people, older Christians who are more mature. And um, this example of Elijah and Elisha is one. Now, if we don't as older um, Christians and more mature Christians get alongside these younger ones, then we're shortchanging them. We are leaving them to figure out um, the Bible, God's plan, and all that they are called to fulfill by themselves. Um, And as much as it is a personal thing, we all need to chase that for ourselves. Um, God has created us to be in community and it's really important that every single young person in our church has older people that are constantly putting into their lives and I've been really convicted in preparing this message um, about what I'm doing 
um, to sow into the lives of particularly the younger guys in our church. Um, and so I want to apologise firstly to you young guys that I haven't been doing an amazing job, um, I guess, over the past year. I know I could have really been improving in a, a number of areas. So firstly, I need to apologise for that because I realise that you guys have it a lot tougher than me. Um, the, it's just getting harder every generation. Um, and yeah, I want to apologise firstly and to the girls as well, I guess, um, that I know I haven't been doing the best job that I can be. So that's going to be, uh, from this day forward, I'm going to really be um, looking to, to improve on that. But I think I want to, I want to challenge you, not in, a, not in a negative way, as more mature Christians, but really listen to what God is telling you about whether there is younger people in this church um, and obviously outside of the church as well, um, maybe that God is calling you to, to input because I don't want to see anybody slip through the cracks. My heart breaks when I see people slip through the cracks. Um, and I think I was meant to be sharing this at the end, but... Um, yeah, we're just going on off on a bit of a tangent. But I have a friend that I was chatting to this week and he said he's been he, he's in a similar situation to um, a couple of other people I know and that he hasn't got um, people his age at church. He's around about my age. There's a lot of young guys that have obviously left the church once they've hit about 18, 19. And this guy said he, he's looking for a young adults group sort of or a young adult service to fit into. And he went along to another church and he said, Sam, I sat there for about six months. I tried and I tried, but they just didn't accept me. None of the young adults in this church reached out to him. He was sitting there uh, for about six months just trying to connect and nobody would reach out to him. And that breaks my heart. Um, I said, I wasn't going to cry, but I'm getting close. All right, calm down, Sam. But I don't want to see that happen. And I hope you guys don't either because I want to see this younger generation um, rise up to be stronger than us. And um, that's one of the big points um, that I think Elijah and Elisha showed to me. Um, I'll just read quickly um, the story of where Elijah and Elisha um, sort of, I guess, it's a bit of a changing of the guards, I guess. So um, Elijah's um, been called by God to go and anoint Elisha. And he's done that. And Elisha spent a little bit of time with Elijah, um, I guess, mentoring him and doing ministry with him. Um, and they come to this point where obviously um, Elijah's going to be taken up, taken away. Um, and I'll just read from 1 Kings chapter 1. Um, Chapter 2, sorry. Okay, so, and it came about when the Lord was about to take Elijah by whirlwind to heaven, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Then the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from you today? And he said, yes, I know, but be still. Don't talk about it. And this happens three times. Elijah goes to Elisha, just stay here. I've got to do some walking. I've got to go into the next town. And each time Elisha says, no, I'm staying with you. Um, and this is the first point that I really got out of this. Now, um, there's also a responsibility for us who are being mentored and discipled. So young people take note here. We can't just sit back and expect the, young, the adults to come to us. 
we need to be ready to go out and seek that help ourselves. Um, Elisha had an opportunity to just sit back and go, yep, cool, all right, I'll let you do your thing, Elijah. Um, you can go off. But he decided to stay with him. He was like, no, I want to learn as much as I can. And he was actually waiting for the opportunity um, where God was going to impart to Elisha um, the double portion that he had asked for. Um, So Elisha waited with Elijah. um, And then it happened. Um, So they'd crossed over the Jordan. Elijah hit um, got his cloak, hit the Jordan River, and they walked across. It was pretty cool, obviously. Um, and then once they'd crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And Elijah said, you've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. And as they were going along, behold, a chariot appeared and um, Elijah went up by will into heaven. So Elisha was rewarded for seeking um, the things of God, seeking this discipleship from Elijah in that he received the double portion of Elijah's spirit. Um, if we as young people, and I guess this can be for everyone as well because there's always somebody older than you unless you're about 120, I guess. Um, and nobody here is 120, are they? No, no, no. I could be. I could say a number of things here, but I'm not. I'm going to move on. Um, we need to look to people who are older than us, or people that are more mature us and mature than us, and seek their impartation in our life. Seek their wisdom. Ask them questions. You know, I'm blessed because I get to spend every Tuesday with Mark and Matt, and I get to pepper them with um, questions about faith and about Jesus and stuff. Um, I encourage you, young people. Um, go crazy with asking questions to your parents, to Noel and Melissa, to um, any of the older young adults or older Christians that you see in the church because that's how we learn um, and that's how we're going to grow up and be stronger than these guys in the most respectful way possible. And this is the second point. Um, as – oh, can you flick – have you got the clicker? Sweet. Thank you. That's got that point on it. Um, so this is the second point that I got out of Elijah and Elisha. When mentoring discipling as people who are – Um, imparting to those um, that are younger than us, that are less mature in the faith. We must be driven by a humble desire that those who we're encouraging will have greater faith in us. There's no point us imparting into people's lives if we don't have a passion to see them surpass us in the faith. Um, As simple as that. And we see that in the story of Elijah and Elisha, because Elijah sought that and because Elijah went, yep, that's cool, I'll mentor you. And he saw God's call on Elisha's life. Um, We see that Elisha was an amazing, was used by God in amazing ways. I read this morning that Elisha was, in terms of the events that are recorded in the Bible, Elisha performed the second most uh, miraculous signs behind Jesus Christ himself. Um, What a testimony. Um, Elisha's ministry was triple that in length of Elijah's. and I'm, the Bible's a pretty unbiased source, but I believe that Elisha's ministry did surpass that of Elijah. Um, the, the following day after that Elijah had been taken up, he had, Elisha had a pretty good day. I was reading this this morning. First, he um, so obviously he saw Elijah go up to, to heaven in this um, fiery chariot. Has anyone ever seen a fiery chariot go up to heaven before? I'm interested to hear. No? That's cool. It's all good. Hey, Geordie. How you doing, sir? 
Oh, yes, got to pick on you. Um, so he got to see Elijah go up to heaven in a fiery chariot. Then he, um, he went to see a few guys and something amazing happened. Sorry, let me find it. Give me a second. You didn't take all the time you need. Oh, thanks, mate. That's right. He, he got Elijah's cloak that got left behind. Then he hit the Jordan River and it expanded again and he walked across. Um, so that's a second cool thing. And everybody, all the guy, all the elders saw it as well. And they saw this and they went, wow, Elijah's spirit is resting on Elisha. Um, then he went to a city, the city that was close by, and the people were like, our, our water's bad, we can't drink it. So Elisha was like, oh, cool, I got this. I mean, God's got this through me. Um, and he, he hit the water with Elijah's cloak, I believe, and the waters were, were good. Um, so that's, that's three things in that one day. And then he was walking um, to the next place and these, this group of young ruffians, I'm assuming they were probably about my age, um, decided that they'd make a bit of fun of him because he was bald. And he was like, that's all right. You know what? You keep going on and these lions are going to come out and kill you. And two or bears, sorry. Then, and it says here, then two female bears came out of the woods and tore up 42 lads of their number. So that's four pretty awesome things happening in one day after um, seeing his predecessor get taken up to heaven. Um, you must be excited. I'm excited. Because when I go, this is going to happen to you. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I like that. Please, Jesus, let's ask for more of this. But the point I want to make, sorry, I got to be excited there and went off a tangent, but hopefully it kind of illustrated the point and I need to slow down talking, getting that look from mum. Um, <laughs> I, I made that up. I just thought I'd drop a line that, and hopefully everyone laughed and everyone did. Um, the point I want to make is that probably Elisha was looking at Elijah and going, oh, wow, how am I, God's using this guy in crazy ways. How am I going to surpass that? But, you know, he was bold enough to step out and ask God to do cool things through him. Um, so I want to encourage you all. We're all in, in different places on our journey. Um, I want to encourage especially the young people. Um, be bold. Ask God to do amazing things because he will. Um, yeah. No, that's cool. No, so Elisha, yeah, like Sam shared and pretty much stole some of what I was going to say, but God works great ways that way. Um, yeah, Elisha achieved greatness because he was always there ready for whatever Elisha, Elijah wanted him to do or for God, for him to do. Um, so Elisha always stuck by Elijah. Like even when he got told and left behind, he he still stayed and he still prayed or, and he still just was there for Elijah. And I think that's something that we can take away from that is that we may feel like we get thrown to the side, we may get left behind, but God will still use you and all he wants you to do is wait. I read a thing on Facebook this morning that if it's if a door has not yet opened yet, just pray in the hallway. Just keep on praying. When that door opens, step through it. Just step through it. I've done that all my life and one thing that I've always taken away from Elijah and Elisha is always just be looking for that door, looking for that next place to go, that where one door closes, another one will open. And so always be aware of that. Um, just don't think, oh, there's one door, I'll just go through that door. There could be a number of doors to go through and God will open and close doors in, 
in whichever way that you need to go. Um, I don't think we have to worry about time. We are the interns. Oh, yeah. Mark's not here, so... <laughs> we, we duct taped him up and chucked him in the back of my car. No jokes. He's away, um, <laughs> he's away at a family reunion in Bright, I believe, so just in case you were wondering. Yeah, so... So now we'll move into the New Testament where we look at Paul's example of discipleship and the way he's he's gone about his ministry in spreading the news after Jesus had gone and ascended to heaven. And the really cool thing is that he has such an influence on the New Testament and on the nations, even though he never met Jesus. And I think is one that's always really attached itself to me and I've been able to really relate to him. Um, so... So, yeah, after he had this encounter and learned about Christ, his life was radically changed. He went on three missional journeys. The first was with Barnabas and resolves around visiting Galatia, which was a Roman province. The second journey was with Silas and Timothy and involved a number of church plants. And then the third was to Ephesus and Macedonia. And then after that, he was imprisoned in Rome. So when he was out on his second and third journeys, he started up churches in Galatia, in Philippi, Brera, Thessalonia, Corinth and Ephesus. And I really believe that as part of discipleship, this comes back to it in that it says in Matthew 28 that we go out to all the nations and not just make disciples, but we go out to all the nations and that we just share God's love with them, that we just go there and be his hands and feet on the ground, just teaching good news and expanding the kingdom for him. Uh, the second letter, the second part is the letters of Paul. So Paul wrote most of the second of the New Testament. And this was from writing to many church communities that he had visited. So he wrote in his, in 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Philippians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, Ephesians, Colossians, Philemon, and Romans. And then he wrote the pastoral letters, 1 and 2 Timothy and Titus. And so he's writing was different depending on where he was and who he was addressing. But the main focus point to him was to edify the people, to encourage them with wherever they were, to challenge them if they had stepped back and just to share the good news with them, teach them on different areas that they needed to go. If Timothy needed direction, he was able to give that, give that encouragement and to lift him up. And the last thing is they showed his legacy. So he was able to leave the letters behind and the letters have remained and been put into the New Testament to show his legacy, to show the work that he did throughout his ministry and that we can today read into and take away from a number of things, whatever we may need through different times. And so lastly, the third thing is Paul's legacy. So throughout, throughout his journeys, he took along companions with him. Um, to help him with the missional work, just to support him. He trained them, mentored them, and then set them apart for ministry. So the two big examples of Paul setting apart the leaders for ministry was the first one was in Acts 15, where after a small discussion and a debate about who was going where and beliefs and that sort of thing, he was able to take Silas and Timothy on his second journey, but he was able to set apart Barnabas to take Mark for Mark had always kept running away and disappearing and so Paul just had enough of it and just went, I don't want nothing to do with you. You can keep doing that. And Barnabas was stepped up and took him and and that's the last we hear of Mark and, Bar- and Barnabas we continue to hear of. 
But the cool thing is that he kept taking Silas and Timothy and really developed them into the next generation. And so from 1 and 2 Timothy, we can see that they're the examples of Paul setting apart Timothy for taking over the work in Ephesus, for leading that church, and just setting him apart to be that next generation. And so for me, I'm always looking at who I invest into, who I'm helping to find their calling, to lift them up and to support them. And God's got a, had us on a crazy journey of starting at Behe and then eventually both ending up at Catalyst for different reasons and then just always been together discipling, mentoring. We don't really labour, it's just mateship. But it's very cool how God just works that way. He'll put people in your path that you just come alongside and you lift up and at times it's, it may frustrate you and it may, you just love on them and then they make you cry and then it's God does amazing things through each of them and you just you get rejuvenated every single time. Um, so the cool thing is though is that it can apply to anyone. So our heart is for the youth and for lifting them up and that next generation but like Sam said, it can happen for anyone of any age that there's always someone older who we can go to or find or someone the same age. And so that was really shown to me when we were in Fiji. This time around, that the first two times it was just me and then the older guys as part of the men's trip, which was fine. But it meant I just got to glean off them. I just got to watch them in action and just follow and learn from them. But this one, the last few weeks ago, it was a family thing. So there was youth... And then there was the older guys. And so being able to be right in the middle alongside the other young adults was to be mentored but also to mentor, be the mentor. And so that was just another example of wherever you're at, there's always people above you and there's always people below you that you can invest your life into, that you can share with and lift up. Yep. Good. Cool. So just taking a closer look at, at Paul and Timothy and the way that um, Paul mentored Timothy in the way that Timothy um, was mentored by Paul. Um, I think there was two really key things that stood out to me um, that Paul did. There was a lot of um, – and balancing these two things is really important in when we're discipling others um, and when we're, I guess, seeking discipleship from other people. Um, and that is the balance between, I guess, inputting um, – I don't want to call it theology, but principles for life – that we need to adhere to, um, things that we need to be aware of when we're, when we're living out our daily lives um, and balancing that with just a loving friendship as Brad was talking before about, I guess, sort of that Jonathan and David thing where um, you just love each other um, a lot um, and you love hanging out together. Um, and I, th- I believe that Paul and Timothy had both. Um, and it's interesting looking at the first letter of Timothy and contrasting that to the second letter of Timothy. Um, And the first letter of Timothy is a lot of Paul saying to Timothy, this is how you need to run the church. Um, Make sure you're looking out for this. Um, Watch out for for these things. Um, So it's a lot of instruction. It's a lot of, I guess you could say, the boring stuff. Um, But important stuff nevertheless. And I think as... as, um, as people who are accepting that sort of thing, um, people who are accepting teaching from um, older people, sometimes that's, that's hard to, I guess, digest sometimes. I know particularly for us as youth, it's pretty, um, it's pretty tough sometimes sitting there through a sermon or 
um, doing a Bible study or something like that. Melissa's smiling. What are you laughing at? Because <laughs> I looked at her. I'm not, I'm not criticising you at all, Melissa. It's good stuff. But we need to, as people who are actively taking in um, our daily bread, um, we need to yearn for that, even if we don't feel like it. Um, Timothy received a lot of that from Paul. The second thing is obviously that loving relationship. And the verse up there, um, often we glace over when we read the letters, the introductions that Paul goes, grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus. But um, looking at this, I really had a close look at it and went, hang on a second, that's pretty bold language. So he says to Timothy, my beloved son, I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you even as I recall your tears so that I may be filled with joy. Praying for him night and day, I looked at that and went, I don't think there is anyone who I pray for night and day. So Paul obviously loves Timothy quite a decent amount. Um, he's not just a student in a classroom. Um, I'm a high school tutor. I have the privilege of sitting with young people and teaching them maths and English, which, as Ethan Shields knows, is one of my students, everyone. Everyone say hi to Ethan. Hi, Ethan. I love embarrassing young people. Um, Sometimes they don't really like hearing me yak on about maths and English. Um, Youth, do you like hearing your teachers talk about maths and English all the time? No, Michaela's shaking your head. You're almost done, Michaela. Almost finished year 12. It's good. But I can see a lot of this principle at work in in my tutoring. I've got to teach my students stuff. Their parents aren't going to pay me if I sit and talk to to Ethan about the footy or or the soccer for two hours, unfortunately. Rain, Kate? Probably not. Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I have a job to do. I have to teach them these principles so that they can get good marks on their test, so that they can get through school. But if I am cold and closed off about that, if I don't cultivate a relationship with them, if I don't ask Ethan how he's doing, if I don't give him Fredo Frogs at the end of the session to make him like me and smile and that sort of thing, (laughs) um, if I don't do those sorts of things, he's not going to really like me. He's going to get bored and he's not going to like doing the stuff that really matters um, in terms of school. Um, I love Ethan. He's awesome. I love hanging out with him every Monday afternoon. Um, But we've got to find that balance as people who are inputting into people's lives and people who are are taking um, from the wisdom that other people are giving us. Make sure that you are um, getting the solid stuff and giving the solid stuff, but balancing that with a loving relationship as well. Um, I think that is all. Yeah, so that's the main point. When mentoring and discipling, um, we need to remember to balance instruction with friendship. Um, and all I've got written on the rest of my page is Taisha Joy Westendorp. I think she was playing with my computer before. <laughs> I don't think that's related to anything I have to say. So, No, that's good. <laughs> That's good. I'm, I'm actually really proud of you. Um, Sam put most of his part of the sermon together today and last night. Just put him on the spot, put him out there. Um, but no, that's, that's so amazing that God really works in him and, and just increases that love I have for him and see him grow and really step out. Um, still amazes me at how much he gets around the young people and, and what I lack in that area, he definitely takes up and is able to do that. Um, What's next? Okay. 
So, as you know, as part of the internship at school, Mark gave us the opportunity to go into office of secondary and just be a part of that community and pray and mentor them and just play games on a Friday. Um, the hard thing is we can't talk about religion or Jesus or anything with the kids. It is a state school, but we can just still be there and through our actions we can just love on them. Um, and so part of that is also mentoring. Um, and so to, f- to, to finish our little talk, talk sort of thing, I thought we'd share a bit about more about us and how we've been discipled and sort of lead into that and challenge you guys with that new series that's coming up that's going to be awesome. Um, a bit of what we've been mentored and how we've been mentored and what we look for and sort of those principles that we've come across, uh, which has also been through what we've shared in the Bible. That's what we've found in Scripture. And there's plenty more in there. There's Jesus and he, he had disciples. There's lots through the Gospels about that and a more spiritual walk with people and and it's been amazing. But throughout my journey and especially because I've been on such a roller coaster journey, there's been lots and lots of different people that have been able to step in and, and lift me up and lift me out um, of dark places and then there's been lots of victories that I've been able to celebrate but there's also been some very devastating losses. Um, but I believe that's just the Christian life and, and when you step out and want to disciple the nations, you want to... You just want to fight for revival. I think the enemy knows that and he'll step up his game. If you step up yours, he'll step up his. And so you just got to be on guard all the time and and have those people around you to help you and, and lift you up. And so I could mention that numerous amount of mentors and and disciple, and people who have discipled me. Um, but the main ones have been... Um, well, Mark, when I first started coming here, Mark really was able to lift me up and really teach me a lot about the Holy Spirit. So when I was at the old church, there wasn't as much of it. And so being able to come here and really experience it on a different level has been amazing. And so just being able to sit under Mark and really hear his heart and what God was doing through him in a church plant and the way that his faith was just to go out and pave the way and sort of not knowing what the family was going to look like, the people who were going to come along. Um, and especially coming as just a young adult on my own, not knowing anyone to a new church where it's full of young couples and young families and just getting alongside. And so really trying to find my feet in that, which has been awesome. And Mark's really helped me through that. Um, there's been Nikki and Brett who have housed me at times. Darren's housed me at times where I've just had nowhere to live. Um, so that's been amazing and just being able to sit under them and hear them impact, input into my life. Um, I will forever be grateful and just amazing. And I think Aaron's about to cry, which is going to make me cry. <laughs> um, but no, so mentoring and discipleship really looks like anything, like can look like anything. Um, look like a parent input can be alongside brothers and sisters. Um, so that's been my journey. And then especially being at Bible college as well, all the teachers and lecturers there, they really get along you alongside you in that and teach you not only from scripture and what Bible says and what theology there is and and that, but they get alongside you in life and set you up for ministry and the different obstacles that come along and they're just able to really input that into your life. Yeah. I haven't got much more to add to that. That was that was good. Um Yeah, so I guess Brad and I just want to encourage you this morning. Um really have a think about 
and pray about whether there is anybody who God is leading you to, um, to I guess, specifically um, encourage um, on a regular basis. It can be spontaneous. Um, as I've said, I haven't journeyed with a particular mentor. It's been lots of people just inputting at different stages. Sometimes that's the way God works. He'll just prompt you to send someone a text message, take someone out on a coffee date, and that'll just be the right time. Um, it's a very practical part of obviously of our Christian walk um, is making sure that we're getting alongside each other um, as we obviously all strive to the one goal, which is which is Jesus Christ. And um, so I just I think we might just pray and then um, we might spend some time maybe. Oh, you've got something else to share? Yeah, I'll just finish off with the last point: the future oh, that cool. we believe for. Um, I think we need to have that mindset and that end goal in in mind of what God is calling us to do, um, especially when we do decide to disciple and take up discipleship, is we can have that idea and that concept of we're going to get alongside someone and lift them up and encourage them and journey with them. But we need to have that concept that it's not just about us in that situation. It's not just about them. It's not just about us. It's about Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Youth, keep that in mind. Jesus is the answer. But it's also about the kingdom the kingdom of God. That's what we're doing. We're expanding it. Um, we want to grow it in our community. We want our communities to come and know the kingdom and just feel it tangibly. Um, so we, we, as young adults, we want to lift up the youth and that next generation to take over. Um, it's scary as hell at times that these guys are going to come up and do more and greater things than we do. It's John, it's one of the things I always struggle with is that jealousy that um, that handing over the reins and already Sam sort of takes up a bit of that mantle. And it scares me. And I get jealous at times because God uses him in amazing ways more than I could ever imagine. And then there's I think of that and then I'm like, and that's just jealousy. I'll just, no, nah, I'll celebrate that. And so I turn that on its head and I just really take joy in that. And so seeing him flourish at Officer Secondary and he seems to keep, knowing more and more people and I'm like I know five and he knows like 20 and they just keep coming but it's great and it's already seen that Elijah and Elisha effect that his ministry is going to be so much greater than mine because that next generation are going to need someone who can really lift them up further than what I could because constantly the generation is changing the way technology has taken over and and I was sort of just on the just sort of that last generation to not really like I had a time my childhood I didn't have a phone so I was in that last generation whereas now this next generation everyone as a kid has a phone and in most households and so just that in itself scares me that the next generations are changing so quickly and we need younger and younger leaders who are in that who can cultivate a culture of of growing with them and being able to relate to them on a new level um with all the different slang and language and even I as a young and old, I don't get. And so Swag, YOLO, do you understand those ones, bro? Nope. I, I, I refuse so. YOLO. I refuse it. Still you don't, you it. live twice, don't you? Eternal life. <laughs> <laughs> we did pretty well. We didn't you we didn't butt heads until the end there when you were like, I need to share this. Nice job, Brad. I was only because you're trying to close it. That was good, yeah, I was trying to close it too quick. Why don't we just pray? Um God, I just want to thank you, Lord, for the amazing people that are in this room, Father. Um, God, we're all human and we all struggle, Father, but 
I thank you that you've given us all we need. Um, you've given us the Holy Spirit. You've given us your word, Lord. And um, you've given us each other as well, Father. You've blessed us with community. And God, I want to pray for um, each and every one of us today, um, starting with me, God, that you would just open our eyes to the people who are around us, God. Um, that you would show us the people that you, you want us to be, to be encouraging. Um, you would show us the people that you want us to be um, taking out for that coffee date, shooting that encourage, encouraging text message to, um, yeah, just loving on God. And I thank you that as we all give, we'll all receive as well, Father. I just want to pray for strength, Lord, that you would um, help us to continue to look to others and look to you, not to ourselves, and not to focus on our failures and our struggles, God. Um, and I pray that you would just, as we give out, Lord, that you would give us everything we need, Lord. Um, I thank you for the blessing it is to be a part of Catalyst Church, Father, and that journey you've taken on, taken both Brad and myself on, Lord, and, and many other people sitting here, God. I thank you for the loving community that it is. And I pray that we would continue to be the revolution of love, Father, um, because we have such a strong network um, of discipleship, Lord. Um, I pray that no one will slip through the cracks, Father, that you would help us to just have eyes, as, as I said before, to see those ones that need encouragement, Father. Um, and I thank you that even where we, uh, we fail, Lord, you're still there, God, and you have the power to, to speak through that. Lord, to speak directly into our lives, God. Um, and we just praise you for that. Jesus, we thank you for the example you've set us, Lord, and for your love. Um, though you were perfect, God, you decided to reach out to imperfect people, Lord. And for that, we want to thank you. We'll never be able to thank you enough, God. Um, so we praise you for this, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen.